Well, wait, we need an inch. We need we need a good uh, cold opening, you know, of course. <laughs> Logan, what hot take do you want to give right now? Eric, um, oh, you put me on the spot. Um, I don't know. Pitt's going to the college football playoff. Shut up. Welcome to another edition of Pittsburgh Made, a special, another special, kind of. Uh, we're going to go back to our older format uh, because we finally figured out how to play audio through Zoom. Yep, you know, we have one of us is, you know, going to be on Mars one day, but yet yeah, it took us this long to figure out how to play audio through Zoom. Um, but anyway, I'm your host, Logan Carney, with two other hosts, Spencer Witt and Dakota Lamb, and we got a jam-packed episode, so we're just going to get started right away. Guys, excited for another episode. This is a first, two in one week. I don't think we've done this before. Yeah, yeah I'm more a- shocked that we could get this done, rather than the audience who's probably going to be shocked when we hear <laughs> back-to-back episodes in like a, a span of a week. <laughs> right. Well, the Yankee Doodle in the background... In the American songs show that it's time for our national What news the listener segment. can't hear because this is not, or can't see, I should say, is the guy staring into the screen <laughs> as he plays the music. It's incredible. It's a check him out. Uh, Vin Hero, he's verified, so he's a he's a pretty famous dude. 116,000 likes this video has. Oh my god. Oh my god. Don't worry, we're not making money off of you. Been 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 here to we just like your beautiful piano playing. Anyway, we're gonna talk about the national news that are going on. The music is very upbeat American music, but most of these stories are not very upbeat. So this is gonna be interesting. <laughs> we'll start. Uh, we got four big national stories to talk about today. Um, Kyrie Irving not getting vaccinated. His reasoning basically says he's doing it to support those who have lost their jobs over not being vaccinated. So, guys, is this a selfish move or not? Because he is not able to play with the team until he gets vaccinated. Yes, it's a selfish move. It is the definition of selfish move. If you look up selfish move in the dictionary, it should be pro basketball player with more money than knows what to do with will not get vaccinated per the rules of his league because of something that's made up he isn't being paid though he's he's not being paid this year until he gets vaccinated oh you don't think he has enough money already in the bank no he does and he said that he said his reasoning was i have enough money that i can't afford to do this whereas people who who chose not to get vaccinated and got laid off don't have as much money. So I'm fighting for I, that. I think that's, that what, reasoning is, that's is what his flawed. reasoning is. It's flawed reasoning, in my opinion. And yes, it is It is selfish because it's coming from a place of privilege. And I, I have no sympathy for someone that loses their job over this for non- medical reason and therefore I have even less sympathy for what Kylie Irving is doing. 
I mean, he's losing $17 million this year. I mean, even if you're rich, that's a pretty big sum of money. Like, that's not that's not like a few bucks. <laughs> even for a rich guy, that's $17 million. Doesn't that make that's it even a worse? Lot of money. Isn't that even more selfish? No, I think that'd be less. It's his money. Don't we always describe like people that are like like if a player, you know, a player leaves like a team for more money, we call him selfish. So so why is a player giving up money for what he believes in? Selfish. I mean you could disagree with him. I, I disagree with what he said. <laughs> I think he should be vaccinated. I think it's selfish. Personally, I think it's selfish. He said, quote, so what? It's not about the money. It's not always about the money. It's about choosing what's best for you. You think I really want to lose money? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't even know what to say to that. Kyrie Irving is a very interesting character. He has always been a very interesting character. Well, um, the, the downside to him is that he's a flat earther. So. <laughs> <clears throat> Here's the thing. I, I, mean, I don't even know how to, where to start. His reasoning is weird and convoluted. I understand his point, but it's very weird to me. I I mean, I personally am going to be the person that says this. I personally don't think that it should be forced, but that's just my opinion. I don't think that you should force him to get vaccinated. I don't think you should force him. I don't think that he should lose his job over not being vaccinated. I don't think anyone should. That's just my opinion, but I'll keep it at that. Um, but his his reasoning is like, I'm doing this for everybody else. I, I respect him for standing his ground, and, and I use air quotes, you can't see it, standing his ground, but it just seems like this isn't the, the way that he's supposed to. I think that the pressure from these leagues and everything to get these people vaccinated is is weird to me I, I i it's concerning more than anything when you look at um andrew wiggins is a big example i don't know if you heard his story um the guy for the De- uh, there's a player for the devils who was the only one not vaccinated and it basically was like a a journalistic witch hunt to see who it was i don't know the whole thing's just it's, it's getting too much that's just my i'll just leave it at that does your mind change change does your opinion change with James Harden and Kevin Durant, it's the two stars, teammates of Irving on the Nets, saying that they support Irving's decision and they've talked with him. Is that no, to me that or, change your or Dakota? Does it change my thinking? Yes, that, no. that his team supports him. No, I think they I should. I think that makes it much... I personally think they should. If I, I was on a team and I had someone that was a legitimate help to the team and they were taking this stance, like, I think my counter question to you, Logan, is when uh, Colin Kaepernick was doing his protest, obviously a very different thing that was being protested and we will get in we will talk about him later dakota it'll be a good good little flashpoint he's 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 also in our national news segment but go back dakota like i i just think there was a a number of players on that team that said similar things like we support kaepernick but don't you do that more as a just like that's part of being a teammate 
Yeah, it, it turned out to not though, be true. Like, right? Like, Kyrie's no one was coming sure. to back up Colin Kaepernick whenever he was cut and, and out of the league. There, there were not NFL players out every day in the media saying how wrong it was and for him to come back. Yeah, right? there were. Yeah, there were. So there was not a, a majority of his team backing him up in that regard. So well, I there's think 53 just, guys on an NFL roster. There's 15 on an NBA. If, like, if, if an NBA <laughs> roster, if the, if the NBA team was legitimately saying that they supported what Irving James was doing. I have a Kevin problem Durant. with it, but I'm saying I don't gen- I do not take them at their word. I think they're doing it because they're teammates. I disagree. Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Steve Nash have all publicly supported Kyrie Irving's decision. If it was someone other than Kyrie Irving and was trying to make a legitimate point, which I still deeply disagree with, it would be different, but it's Irving. He he believes the earth is flat. He does not believe that things that are true are true. So he's a bad messenger for this cause. And I do not believe that his teammates think that the flat earther is genuinely making a point here. I kind of respect him for standing his ground, to be honest. I think yeah. I think I think it's kind of hard not to respect him for for skipping out on seventeen million dollars. I and mean, he's not being Do you respect you know, him for standing his ground on the earth being flat? Well, he's not honestly. A, he's really honestly, not. Yeah, but it's a stupid take. It's an awful well, idea. But you know what? He says he, that's what he thinks, and I 100% disagree with there's him. There's a difference but, between courage and being an idiot, right? <laughs> there's yeah, a lot of idiots. You're, in this the world meaning that, that you're standing up for, you have to be standing up for something genuine. Look, I, mean, I dis- but, look, I disagree. I disagree with. With I think I I'm vaccinated. I think people should be vaccinated, but I also feel like it should be a choice. And right now there's that's fine. You can have the same. Opinion. But the, but in the same article, it already said 77 percent of Americans have already received at least one dose of the vaccination. I mean that's that's three fourths of our country that have already gotten it. So if the remaining 20 percent, you know, aren't going to get it, then Honestly, I think we should just move on because yeah. the, the point I, is, well, unfortunately, that's especially not with Ky- how Kyrie Irving is not being obnoxious about it, too. Why isn't that yeah. how it works, though? He's that's not, my question. You have to because the you have to snuff it out, right? Like the reason we don't get polio is because it was completely snuffed. This out. isn't. No, but hold on, wait, wait, hold on. This I don't. Oh, I don't want to get into this. But not oh, everybody get gets the polio vaccine. This is not snuffing oh, out. Logan, but it's way disease. higher than seventy-seven percent. It is, but it's and also no one, been around for a lot longer. And the There's, people that whine about not wanting to get the polio vaccine are seen as insane and you know putting their children in danger. Kyrie Irving is but not. You don't think. You don't think that there's genuine concerns that a person who doesn't understand the medicine, because we can talk about this all day, but it really comes down yeah. to we don't understand any vaccine. We don't. So you don't I think wholeheartedly we, disagree with that. Especially I disagree with the that. COVID vaccines. Hold on, which hold, are, on hold on, hold wait, on, wait, wait. hold on, hold on. Okay. What I'm saying is look, the average person in this country is not a scientist, is not is not some they, the only information they have is exactly. what they read. I, I agree. So you don't think that those agree. people have ge- have genuine concern over a vaccine that they don't no, understand? No, they do not have genuine concern because they're exactly like you said, they're not a doctor. Kyrie Irving is not an expert on vaccines, so he should listen to someone 
or a lot of people who are experts on vaccines and say, this is insane that we're doubting the vaccine and he should get the vaccine because he's not an expert. My question is this real quick, Dakota, and yeah. I don't want to get too far into this, but if every single person got this, every single person, would COVID be gone in your opinion? Yes. That it's is not, not how that works. That is not how that works. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. You snuff it. We do not get this, polio this in the United States is because different. you snuff it This out. is different though. Right. It doesn't get rid of it unless you exactly I think at this point, exactly. No, no, but if nobody has it, right? I think we're too far gone. That's not to, how to this okay, that's not how this works though. How that's is that not how, how this works? People are so good. You can people still so get it if you it. have the vaccine. It's just from, we won't, it's from still being people, spread. Correct. So if if everyone was vaccinated, I agree with you that we're probably too far gone at this point. It would still be spread. If yes. everyone was vaccinated, it would still be spread. We just wouldn't have as many hospitalizations. Dakota, the, the vaccine uh, at no point, at no point did they ever mention that this vaccine was going to stop COVID. They just said it was going to lessen the uh, effects at no if, point. If it was developed faster, which would have been nearly impossible, had it been developed faster and the adoption rate higher, you could have uh, uh, immunized a majority of the country before nope. it mutated again. Dakota, I'm sorry. I respect you as a person. I respect <laughs> your opinion, but again, you're wrong. That's not the truth. That's not true. That's not, What's not how true that works. Is it's not as effective against the mutated versions. A virus always mutates. A virus is all. It's always going to mutate. It's always, always going to mutate. mutate. No, no. I it mean, has to find a host. Right, to like a flu, the flu virus, right? The flu vaccine. Did you get that, by the way? I have not yet. So should the NBA require that? Now, that's a question I want to dive into. <laughs> hear me so out. Was, hear me I out. See, I, we, we should, should, see we should not continue, this, we should not continue this topic. People die from the flu all the time. If you got the flu vaccine, it's, it's people wouldn't die, right? It's apples and oranges. Look, I encourage people to get the vaccine. I do as well. I think people should get the vaccine, but... I also believe that this country was founded on individual decisions. Yes. And if somebody and, wants to make, <clears throat> even though I you have the individual decision to not get the polio vaccine, but you don't get to have a job or go to school. But he's not working. The polio vaccine is different. Vaccine. Not All vaccines aren't made the same. He's not being paid. I'm not saying I'm not saying he should be out there suiting up for the Nets. Right. That. So didn't he make a personal decision? I, I don't understand. I don't understand where you're but going with this. I said I respect what he's doing. He made the he knew he knows the consequences. Yeah. He's not Isn't trying that the definition to... of a personal decision though? He made the personal decision. Make sense. Yeah. Get back let's let's wrap this up because I, yeah, and I, right. I, I don't want to get into this. He he knows the consequences. He's losing money. He's not fighting to get that money back. He's not suing the Nets or the NBA or anything. He 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 knows he's going to okay. lose seventeen million dollars. I, I, I see what you're saying. Like, yeah, it, my... it, it would be different if he was sitting on his, if he was sitting on his ass, you know, saying I should still be getting paid right now. That's different. That's different. But he knows he knows that by not showing up, he's not going to be paid. He's still making that decision. So to him, he he feels that it's not worth. 17 million dollars which you can think is stupid but in the end just like Kyrie said he has enough he's one of the people that has enough money to be able to make this decision and yeah. I, I, I again I think I think you're right with the messenger thing because it is tough to take a flat earther seriously but I, I do respect 
I, 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 res- I, res- I respect him for what he's doing. I, I'm sure he's eventually going to get the shot and eventually go play for the Nets, you know, because sitting out on $17 million is just, <laughs> I don't know how anybody can do that. But I, I respect what he's doing. All right, moving on. The other big news from this week, um, it was so big that it cut out Sidney Crosby's interview from Monday Night Football. I'm assuming that you guys didn't care about that at all, um, that that got cut out, you know? Like, like I, I thought it was funny that, were... that the, the Penguins tweeted, like, tune into Monday Night Football for someone you might recognize, and then it never happened. Well, but people recognize John Gruden. Minutes, 10 minutes about, and he's Logan has finally thrashed uh, hockey like normal. No, I'm thrashing hockey fans. I, I don't think any. Uh, and, uh, I've please, always please. hated. <laughs> we, don't, we do not need to get into this. We know, Logan. I've don't always... worry. Keep going. Keep going. I've always okay. Uh, We're talking about John Gruden. I know, I know, but to be fair, I have always hated when any sports broadcast would bring on somebody not from that sport to interview them about something not related to that sport. You know, when like ESPN would bring in LeBron James, like they did for the Manning cast, they brought in LeBron James. All right, I, that's a topic. Like, I don't like any show, of that. But I, right? yeah. I agree with you. But moving on, moving on. John Gruden out after. Ex- Emails exposed, um, finds out that he made a lot of racist, um, sexist, and anti-gay uh, emails while he was with ESPN. Um, it was exposed in the Washington football team investigation, is what this was exposed in. And we're going to be getting to that next. Um, but guys, do you feel, I think the big debate now going on with this is not so much should he got canned. I think we all agree that yes, he should have got canned. But do you think it's hypocritical that the NFL has basically blacklisted him and not other offenders who have done just as bad, if not worse things like Antonio Brown, Deshaun Watson, Michael Vick, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, allegedly, stuff like that? I, I think... It is good that they held someone to an account. However, I 100% agree with what you just said, that yes, it is entirely hypocritical. And there seems to be a different standard, right, of someone who's not on the field versus someone who is on the field. And who the NFL would say, you do this thing and you're in the front office or on the sidelines fireable offense but you play on the field you do the exact same thing it, it's nothing we're not even gonna make a statement about it we'll just try to as long as you're good as long all as money. you're good it's all money john gruden doesn't bring in ticket sales the people on the field bring in tickets oh, yeah, i mean that's why it happens but it, it's still <laughs> hypocritical right it is it is I, th- I think the funniest thing i saw and not funny but also funny and also like sadly true it was like someone tweeted that like you know the actions of john gruden like it was crazy that's you shouldn't this is such a bad decision a bad planning from him he shouldn't have done this what john gruden should have done was just beat his wife instead and i was like oh boy because like that's it's it's a dark dark humor humor because it's exactly what you're saying the nfl is allowing and not allowing and it's just like yeah I think it was. I think it was related to like he shouldn't have taken his anger out on emails. He should have taken it on his wife instead. And I was like, oh boy, 
But yeah. Who, who uses their work email to send Also stuff? awful idea. The dumbest you, thing Like, I've are ever you heard. an idiot? Like, everybody has access. There are other people who have access to that. You never send something like, I mean, you shouldn't send anything like that at all. But you definitely shouldn't use your work email and you definitely shouldn't send it to somebody else's work email. I feel like the code of conduct in life is just don't send an email to somebody that you wouldn't send say to their face. You could talk about someone as well, but like I feel like you shouldn't talk you shouldn't send email because there's a heck of a lot more uh, proof, clearly, and documentation. So that's he's an idiot, he deserves to, to be fired though for that. Yeah, no, on to similar situations, I mean, Antonio Brown, obviously, he never, I don't think he ever was officially suspended by the NFL um, after all of the crap that went on after he was released by the Raiders, excuse me, that we're not going to, or released by the Patriots, excuse me, that we're not going to really get into. Deshaun Watson, um, we have 23 allegations against him while he's not playing for Houston, never got suspended. Michael Vick was suspended from the league and did serve years in prison. So, I mean, him getting a second chance, I think, is different because, um, you know, he served his time. Ben Roethlisberger suspended after two allegations. It's just it's just a lot of inconsistency. It's just a lot of inconsistency. And that, that's what bothers me. All right, moving on, same kind of the same topic, but the Washington football team, they're retiring Sean Taylor's number on this Sunday. Now this was announced yesterday. This wasn't announced before the season. This was announced yesterday. Um, only a day after the John Gruden emails were released and a day after it was told to come out um, from the Washington football team investigation. So the theory is that this retiring of Sean Taylor's number is some sort of cover up or at least a good news story for a pending bad news story against Washington. And do you guys believe that? Uh, I think any like media team or front office is probably going to try to achieve that. I don't know if that's what they were doing here. Uh, if you saw about 45 minutes ago, they issued an apology for the timing of the announcement. I did not see that. It's probably more incompetence than like a master plan. I think. I don't know, man. I mean, if it's a master plan, it's good. It's saying, Hey, We'll put it out there. We'll say the apology. Oh, my bad. Didn't mean to do that. Sorry. Bad timing. People are like, okay, fine. Continue with it. And then that's what you're thinking about on Sunday instead of what happened. I mean, it's it's like when news organizations, like I remember last year, um, at the end of, I remember last year, Kenny Woods announced that they were closing four rides in the middle of the Steelers game. Like, it's not yeah. like this isn't yeah. constantly done. I mean, you we've know, seen our own share of it. The public is distracted. You, you, know, you put, case, you put out good news to distract from the bad news. But that put out a vague tweet. Works. You put out a vague tweet during, you know, uh, was it Memorial Day weekend, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's different to try to, like, do the news dump versus trying to put out good news to cover up bad news. I don't think it ever... True, true. That's a trash just, organization. I don't I just don't understand I mean, why. Can we just can we just talk about this like through and through? Well, like I don't understand the Washington why. football team is just a bad organization, and I I Ron Rivera is great by the way. Real quick though, and I love the name Washington football team. I think that that should stick. I know they're talking about getting rid of it, but I love yes. the stupidity it, of that name. Brand. Yes. 
it's a good uniform, brand. I love it's such their a bad uniforms now. Their uniforms look so their nice. Their uniforms are actually kind of nice. But then the numbers in the in the like uh, what was it like gold? I guess circle and they're with the red yeah. element. I love that. It's like a college uniform. And I I mean it just seems I don't believe the whole we thought saving the the news for a game we'd reveal was the best way to focus on honoring Sean because who the hell saves a jersey retirement for the for the week before game who does it announce who announces that the week before the game it is suspicious it is suspicious that's the something idea you that... announced at the beginning of the year to boost ticket sales for that game sean taylor was clearly the best suspicious. you know he was, he was and, a very good if player you're gonna, if you're gonna retire a jersey why would you do it against the chiefs one of the biggest draws in the sport and why not against a team that you don't know if you're gonna sell out or not why did they wait till now that's what i want to know I mean, with all due respect to Sean Taylor, he died in what, 2006, 2005, somewhere around that time. And, and I don't know if anyone's even been using 21 since. It just seemed like a weird year to do this. But I guess 21, uh, you know what? Never mind. 2021, they wanted to do it for 21. That's the only thing I can think of. I don't think they thought of it that that much. I think I think it was why wait? Why wait? I think it was I think it was how can we distract from it? We know, oh wait, the fans have been clamoring for Sean Taylor's jersey to be retired. Let's do that. And that's what I think happened. But that's just me. All right, moving on. Another guy who allegedly has been blacklisted by the league, um, Colin Kaepernick announced or said today that he is still training to take a starting job. So I have two questions for you. One, do you think he actually has a chance to start again in the NFL? And two, do you believe him that he actually wants to start in the NFL? Uh, no, I don't think he has any chance of being a starter again in the NFL. Do I believe that he wants to? I personally don't. And, and I think he's 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 taken the role of, of, of activist in stride. And I think making announcements like that help his case of I'm still being blacklisted by the league and help him push his cause. Which isn't a criticism to him. It's actually like really smart, you know, strategy. But oh, he's making more money now than he was uh, on a football team. I will give him credit. Whatever you agree or disagree with him, the his how he's doing his business is, is impressive. The whole and the whole situation was it last year or two years ago, where the NFL organized this whole tryout for him. All right, and just about all the teams were going there to see him play, and then he canceled it like hours before because they wouldn't let his camera crew film it. So that right there tells me that he doesn't actually care about being, uh, that he actually doesn't want to be back in the league. He just wants to do this for publicity. Yeah, I, I probably agree with you, to be honest. I, I would, I don't, I don't see him coming back. I don't see him. And I don't think he, I, I, I don't think he says like, I hate football. I don't want to play football again, but I think he sees a bigger picture of himself for himself, I should say past football and i think that that's the bigger picture and that's what's more important to him and i'm not going to argue whether one way or another i'm just going to say that that's how he views it and that's what he's going to do there's been two other football leagues to get national television time 
since he's been blacklisted from the NFL. And he was not on either of those rosters. Hey, man, the arena football is also played on national television every once the in a while. The arena football has been you. dead for like three years, man. It's, it's not the arena football anymore. It's the indoor football league or whatever. I mean, that's separate. They got, they got a new arena football, basically. Yeah, I don't think there's, it's worth talking about anymore because I don't think there's any chance of him actually getting back into the NFL. Whether I believe him or not, I think I'd say I believe he wants to. I can't understand why he would want to. Moving on, the sound of a new Pirates generation means it's time to open up our time capsule. An actual time capsule because this episode was never released. It was lost in the cosmos till I miraculously pulled it out, till I unsnapped my fingers and brought it back from the dust and the ashes. I think we are going to have to release three episodes this week and actually release the whole episode because I had forgotten how heated the first hour of that episode was I talking forgot. about Bob Nutting. This oh was the, we, he did that preseason interview and yeah. we like dissected everything that he said. We had another heated episode right after that that also got lost in the cosmos <laughs> that I found again. So maybe we can release both of them. It was a, a special, the very special. All right. Well, anyway, let's open up this time capsule. Dakota, I'm going to let you take control of the audio. And why don't you, why don't you start playing some of these clips? All right. So we started off with the first question, team leader in batting average. And let me turn this on and let's take a listen in to what we said uh, at the end of March. All right, it's time for the Pirates time capsule. We're going to revisit this at the end of the season. So we will uh, get to hear our voices again in 162 games. I already tell that you were cutting off an argument there. Logan. (laughs) I I should give some context. We were arguing about whether the John Neese-Neil Walker trade was bad for some reason. (laughs) How stupid are we? Yeah, here we go. Team leader in batting average. Bob Nutting. I want to say Cabrian Hayes, but I I believe in the sophomore slump thing. And I don't think he's – I think he's a good offensive player, but I don't think he's as good as he was in that short – in his his one month last year. But then you got to think, like, you know, if it's someone like – Well, while you think about it, I will say Hayes. Okay. Well, see, like, if if it's like – if it's going to be Adam Frazier or if it's Kevin Newman – Oh, you're right. They're probably going to be traded. My my answer. Let's let's get crazy. Put Jacob Stallings. Yeah, I <laughs> I'm going with it. Yeah, why not? He's gonna hit, he's gonna hit 280. You know, I'm gonna go with Brian Reynolds because I think Reynolds <laughs> would be on the no because I think he'll bounce back. I mean, remember this is a guy that hit th- three four that almost won the batting title as a rookie. There you have it. Logan got it. Brian Reynolds. Uh, what did J- what was Jacob Stallings' batting average? Spencer said he was going to hit 280 and win best the lead the team in batting average. Hey, he was doing all right for a minute, you know. He was. Don't... He was. He was second in the team in RBIs with 53. <laughs> I do know that. Jacob Stallings hit 246 last year. Hey, only like 40 points <laughs> off, man. It's not too bad. 30 points off. And why don't you tell us what uh Cabrian Hayes hit? Brian, you changed it. You changed it later to Adam Frazier. Oh, you're right. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. 
So you did change it to Adam Frazier. Brian Hayes hit, um, let me pull it up. I think it was like 260 something. 257. 257 was Cabrian Hayes. Um, but you changed it to Adam Frazier. Adam Frazier did lead the team in batting average technically. He hit 324 until his trade. And after he was traded to the Padres, he hit 267, finished with a season total of 305. Brian Reynolds, who was on the Pirates the whole year, led the team, you know, at the end of the season with 302. So, Dakota, I'll give you a point, even though, you know, he did get traded. I'll give myself two points because I predicted he'd be <laughs> traded as well as if Yeah, Brian that's Reynolds. fair. That's fair. All right. Next up, team leader in home runs. Our next question, which is the team leader in home runs, Reynolds is my pick for that. I think that he showed a, a ton of promise behind the plate, at the plate, I should say, last season. And uh, I expect he's going to keep it up with some more power, hopefully, in 2021. I'm going to go with Hayes again with this. I'm going to go with Hayes in this one. Hayes again. Because no, I didn't okay. go with him first. <laughs> I think he has the most line. I don't. While I don't think he's a power hitter, I think he has, you know, like when you think of McCutcheon, he has a lot of line drive power. And I don't think Reynolds is a power hitter. I don't think that – but I think he also has line drive power, but I think Cabrian Hayes is the better player. So I'm going to go with Cabrian Hayes. What I could not find is Spencer saying that he agreed with Logan <laughs> – uh, or with me, I get he went with Brian Reynolds as well. I don't even remember so, saying it, so yeah. But <laughs> what color do red and green make? Is it blue or purple? What? Red uh, and green, or they make orange. Red and yellow makes orange. No, red and yellow makes orange. Uh, red and green, <laughs> purple. purple, purple, purple. Okay, so we'll give we'll color Adam Fraser as purple to show that Dakota was half right with it. <laughs> <laughs> Move it on, yeah. Brian Hayes, um, only three Pirates, I said this to Dakota before the show, yeah. only three Pirates hit 10 home runs last year. That's so bad. So, um, Brian Reynolds, you guys were both right, hit 24 home runs, led the team, had a great season. Um, it would have been an MVP season if he was on a team that, you know, won more than 61 games. Um, but – yeah, after him, the second most in home runs for the team at the end of the year was Gregory Polanco, who got cut. <laughs> he had 11 home runs, and right behind him was Carl Moran with 10, who was also injured for like half the season. <laughs> so <laughs> everyone else, nobody else on the Pirates hit more than 10 home runs. I mean, have you guys ever heard the stat about the 40 home runs for the Pirates? The no. last Pirate to hit 40 home runs in a season was Willie Stargell in 1973. Every yeah. other team has had at least one 40 home run hitter since 2004. Pedro, was, Pedro, wow. was close. Pedro and Josh Bell were both close, but yep. they both cooled off towards the end. Yeah, I think Josh Bell had what, 35 to 38, 6? Pedro had like 38 or 36 the year he led. But he, they were both on pace and then they cooled off. All um, right, number three team leader in RBIs. You betcha it's my boy Colin Moran. I'm going to go with Reynolds. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Reynolds because I haven't picked him yet. Yeah, I, I think Reynolds is a, a good pick for this. I'm too. going with the guy that's going to be the three-hitter, Hayes, and not the guy the that's going to lead off, Brian Reynolds. <laughs> he lead it off. Brian Reynolds is a three-hitter. He's going to have a lot more opportunities. That's funny. 
Yeah, I really I, you're like gonna how see we... like in just like the questions that we asked in this time capsule how uh, bullish Logan was on Cabrian Hayes. Like you really thought he was no. What's have what's a really funny? Season. No, what's really funny is that my first thing in my first question was I believe in the sophomore slump. He's gonna slow down, and then I pick him for the next two to lead the team, and then Spencer who goes. Um, yeah, I'm going to pick Reynolds because I haven't picked him yet. Picked Reynolds in the previous category. The <laughs> <laughs> so no, hindsight is 2020, man. I didn't, so we I don't, we don't love, want to talk about it. I just love how unaware we are of our <laughs> answers from two minutes ago. Yeah, I love how yeah. <laughs> And we were writing them down on ago. the screen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't pay attention to that screen. All right, yeah, everyone. So Caution. Right, we got uh, some really hot takes. In hold this on. I gotta, let me, so right oh, before yeah, we yeah. get on. Um, yeah, so Brian Reynolds led the team with 90 RBIs. Only three Pirates hitters um, drove in more than 50 RBIs last year. Um, I said earlier, I got to pull up their team leader stats, but I said earlier um, that Jacob Stallings was second in the team in RBIs with 53. Brian Reynolds had 90, so there's a pretty big gap between that. And third was Dakota's pick, Colin Moran, with 50. Cabrian Hayes, who only played in 96 games. Granted, Colin Moran only played in 99 games. But Cabrian Hayes, who only played in 96 games, drove in just 38 RBIs. And, of course, I was wrong. He ended up not being the three-hitter. He led off for most of the year, and Brian Reynolds ended up being the three-hitter, or I thought Brian Reynolds was going to be the leadoff hitter. But what do I know? All right, let's go to the next one. Next up, team leader in ERA, starting pitcher with the best ERA. Uh, you know, oh, Logan God. disrespected know. the opening day starter, uh, so I'm I'm tempted to say Chad Cool. Say Chad Cool. That means every single Pirates pitcher is going to have an ERA above four. <laughs> I do not believe for a second that it's going to be Mitch Keller. Well, that's who I believe it's going to be, and I'm going to type that in now. In fact, I'm going to put him in for all of our pitching colors. And Logan has now etched in Mitch Keller for team leader in ERA, strikeouts, and wins. <laughs> I think good he's gonna have to his you, break. Sir. I think he's gonna have his breakout year. He was good last year in limited time with the new pitching coach. He was good I think last him year. And whoever the Pirates take first overall this year are gonna he be was. a damn good one-two in a couple years. Wait, did, did, did everyone hear that? Did everyone hear what Logan just said? Pitching coach. Whoever the I think Pirates in him take... and whoever the Pirates take first overall this year. Are going to be a damn good one too. In a couple <laughs> I mean, hey, to be fair, you know, your pitcher throws I'm to go the Brault just for one two. And then it ends with Spencer saying, "I think Brault's a cool guy. I'll pick him." So Steve Brault was hurt all year. He pitched seven games at the end. What was Five, I thinking, Stephen Cahill? Five eighty six ERA. 586 ERA with Stephen Brault in seven in seven starts. I didn't even realize it was that bad. Jeez. Stephen Cahill, I don't think he pitched at all. Isn't it Trevor Cahill? It was Trevor Cahill. Yeah. And I don't think he pitched. Why does oh, here it say it is. Stephen. Yeah, I don't know. He <laughs> so you get the name wrong. Trevor Cahill in eight starts, 657. He and pitched last year? I yeah, didn't realize he, he was the opening day starter, guys. Oh my god! No, no, he wasn't. It was um, what's his name? The it was Mitch Keller, right? 
No, the opening they started was because that's what we were just arguing about. Yeah, is, uh, I thought we were Chad talking Cole. about no, it was Chad Cole. Oh, Chad Cole. Yeah, it was. Oh, that's you're right. right. You're right. You're right. Who ended up becoming a reliever again at the end of the year. I, um, and to be fair to him, out of all of those guys, Chad Cole did have the best ERA. We should have done. We should have done a quiz show real quick. That would have been name the if did this pitcher play for the Pirates last year? Yes or no? That would have been such a perfect quiz show because they had a handful. Of, they had a circus of players, especially in that bullpen. Yeah, but Mitch Keller, my pick, who I said was going to follow up his great uh, half season in 2020 with a great 2021 617 ERA in 23 starts. Granted, he was the only one of the players that we mentioned to actually start the full season. But six, yeah, yeah, absolutely horrible, horrible, horrible year for him. Um, you know, Pirates top Did any prospects. of us know who JT Brubaker was when we recorded the episode? I mean, I knew who he was. I didn't think he was – I mean, he still ended up not having that great of a year, but – you know, he, he, JT Bruderbaker did lead it um, for a full season with 536 ERA. So I was right in predicting that all the Pirates pitchers would have above four ERA. How about <laughs> that? How, you did it as a joke, and it turned out to be true. <laughs> um, but if you count, again, um, if you count, you know, guys that were traded before the season uh, at the trade deadline, then Tyler Anderson actually led – the team with a 435 ERA and 18 starts. All right, moving on. Team leader in strikeouts. I'm going with – I am going with Mitch Keller, of course, like we already said. I I believe that Keller could lead in this column. Um, I don't expect him to in, in wins or ERA, but I, I could see him leading the team in strikeouts. How many other strikeout guys do they have? Yeah, I, I agree. I was going to say Keller as well, to be honest. I can't think of anyone really else. Yikes. <laughs> well, it's not – to be fair, me saying how many other strikeout guys do they have, well, they didn't have it's, – it's not that we were wrong in, you know, determining that there were other strikeout guys. It's just that we thought Mitch Keller was a strikeout guy. Yeah, we had the right idea, at least. I mean, it just wasn't executed well. This was my my weak spot of team leader in strikeouts, but I was pretty much right about Mitch Keller failing to meet expectations. Yeah, 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 yeah. JT Brudebaker led the team with one. Brudebaker, you did this when we recorded the time capsule. You did it in the time capsule. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to the team leader and wins. That brings us to team leader and wins. Logan has said Keller, as we said previously. I am going to say this one is Chad Cool. Because as we've discussed before, wins are meaningless. Yeah. Wins are meaningless. I'm going with Brubaker just for fun. <laughs> with what, two? Two wins leads the he'll, team. He'll he'll go he'll go seven and fourteen or whatever, like seven and fifteen, and we'll call it a year, you know. <laughs> what was Brubaker's final record? Brubaker and Mitch Keller both had five wins. Jeez. Even worse nope. than Spencer predicted. Only there there's only one pitcher to get more than five wins last year for the Pirates. And that was that was a reliever, Chris Stratton, who got seven wins. Ugh. The number Spencer did predict, but he was a reliever, so he only had two losses. So he, he actually didn't have that bad of a year. 
But yeah, so we were all way off on that one. So all stars. I was close. I was going to say this is a tough one. Same with Mitch We've got to pick Pirates all stars. There might be just one. Uh, there could be multiple. There has. To I'm be going one. to say that there is only one. And it's uh, going to be the guy leading the National League in batting average, Adam Frazier. <laughs> hey, oh, my Frazier. God. Really? I'm Why going the- with the guy that <laughs> already <laughs> has a well reputation nationally, is arguably the best fielder at his position, despite being a rookie. Had rookie of the year votes last year and is still rookie eligible this year. And is easily the Pirates' best player, Cabrian Hayes. Pirates' best. You know player. what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out on a limb here, because I want to, and this is gonna be embarrassing when we do the time capsule. But, um, I'm gonna go with Richard Rodriguez. <laughs> Actually, wait, are we that. making two? Can we make two? Yeah, yeah. You All right, I'll do, I'll do. I'll do Rodriguez and Hayes. Let's do it like that. You think they're gonna get two guys in this year? Because <laughs> Brian Hayes will get the uh, he'll be a late pick or like a uh, the the what's the an fan vote or whatever yeah, that, an alternate yeah. or a fan vote and then Richard Rodriguez will be the actual pick. <laughs> so they did. So they did get two guys in. They um, and Adam Frazier was one of them, and I believe he was leading the league in batting when he got got nodded in. He was leading the NL in batting. So congrats on those predictions. Thank you very guys. much. Um, <laughs> And Rich Rodriguez was good until he got traded to the Braves. You know, just something about Pirates pitchers. Once they leave the Pirates, they just suck, you know? <laughs> Clay Holmes actually did decent this year in the bullpen for the Yankees. But yeah, that's, that, that's the joke, Spencer, because everyone always says, you know, Pirate pitchers, when they leave the Pirates, they end up doing really well. And then Rich Rod, you know, sucked. But anyway, Adam Frazier and Brian Reynolds, not only were they both all-stars, they both started – for the all-star team, um, which I don't know. Yeah, who, who let that happen? Can we talk about that? The wor- one of the worst I mean, teams were, in baseball. They were both, at the time, the best at their positions. Like, they were both statistically the best at their position at the time. It's just the team was just awful. <laughs> All right, um, we want to skip the awards ones. Yeah, we don't need to listen to these. your uh, obsession with Cabrian Hayes before the season. Rookie of the year and a gold glove. Are you kidding me? So there's no – oh, my God, we did. <laughs> we, did we did make some uh, – we did make some predictions for this. I didn't think we did. All right, let's go. Wow. All Spencer. right, will any pirate lead the league in any major um, good category? Dakota, <laughs> I remember this. Is this your Adam Frazier batting average pick? Uh, yes, I foreshadowed it enough. It, it – my my answer here is Adam Frazier leading the not just the National League but all of baseball in batting average. Oh, there we go, there we go. There's our interest. There's our sound bite. You know what? Let's have fun. You guys had fun with it. I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say Jacob Stallings leads the league in uh, average <laughs> just for fun. You're really just ruining your credibility tonight, Spencer. <laughs> I had no credibility. It's okay. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna put one more here since uh, Spencer said that Richard Rodriguez was going to be the Pirates All Star. I'm gonna say that Richard Rodriguez leads the National League in home that's, runs given up. Oh, that's 
There we have it. Well, I'm going to pull. I'm going to do. I said no one, but uh, Chad Cool may lead the league in losses. <laughs> <laughs> Boring. <laughs> Boring. You, you ex- I was right. Got to have fun. All right, let's let's pull up some of these. I was uh, pretty good on that, Adam Frazier, leading not just the National League, but all of baseball. Oh, good. For like, what, two months, three yeah. months, I think? Holy shit, the bet at the end of the month. Well, the whole – the, the Padres just kind of collapsed. Yeah. So. All, All right, right, let's do this. Next one hold on, is, hold on. I want to see. I see. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Home runs allowed. Home runs given up. It was a former pirate, Jordan Lyles. Jeez. The most, the most, uh, he averaged two home runs per game given up. Oof. Um, and what was the other one we said? Adam, oh, we know he didn't win the batting title, so we'll just skip that. All right, moving on. All right, I think I know. I think we all know the answer to this next one. Do they make the playoffs this year? Hey, who put no on mine? I never said no. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> That's all we said about the playoffs. Well, Short, we sweet, right. and to the point. This is the first one where all three of us were right. Look at that, and it was an easy one. All right, let's move on to the the division standings. All right, so we're not going to hear our full breakdown. We'll talk about that after, but you'll hear who we predicted to finish in first and then uh, our Pirates record prediction. All right, final. All right, the big one, the big one. Final divisional standings. Why don't we do it? We'll do it like that. All right, Spencer, who do you have for first? Cardinals. I I don't want him to be, but then again, I don't want anyone in the division to be. So, but I'll go with the Cardinals anyway. I'm tempted to say Brewers to be different, but I can't. I, th- I think it will be the Cardinals. Dakota, in Reds. last place, the Pittsburgh Pirates. I've been thinking a lot about what record. Like, is this going to be a historically bad Pirates team? Are they going to overperform? In, in an overperforming 2021 Pirates team, is still very, very bad. I'm leaning more towards that than than like a historically bad season that we remember for just how bad they were. And so I'm going to say that the Pirates end up being uh I'm going to say 66 and 96. Spencer. Guess what? UCLA one by two. Taylor, I get Baylor to win. Man, right. am I gonna get second? I'm gonna get second to last. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh my god! Your record prediction, buddy. Um, we cut it there. I think that's the good There are 162 games. Let's say I'm gonna say they lose 103. So 59 and 103. Dude, damn it, man. Me and you, Stay buddy. Here. All right, I'm going to switch my number then. I'll go 58 and 104. <laughs> I think this is a 100-loss team, too, even with the year I expect Brian Hayes to have. you know, This is a 100-loss team. This is a bad, bad, bad team. You got that right. It was a bad, bad, bad team. Yeah, you forgot the part where uh, Dakota was riding the Cubs. 
pretty hard. <laughs> had them finishing Somehow third in the division. Some, yeah, I don't know where they got know, lost somewhere. But of course, the guy, oh, the guy that edits this, of course, left that <laughs> out. Me and Spencer both predicted Cardinals, Reds, Brewers, Cubs, Pirates. Of course, uh, we were just wrong. Um, Brewers, Cardinals, Reds, Cubs, Pirates was how it actually was. I should have done what I said and been different and picked the Brewers. Yeah. Would have made Almost. up for what I said about the Cubs. It's not even that bad of a pick. I mean, they were good last, like they were good last year. They were good the year before. Honestly, that wouldn't even have been that bad of a the pick. The Cubs added Arenado in the offseason, so that's why I think we all predicted the uh, the Cardinals did. The Cardinals added that's Arenado. True. So, all right, and that was our uh, Steelers time capsule. All right, I'm gonna. Oh, I need the. I need. The, you said that was a Steelers time capsule. I know. Well, <laughs> yeah. So it was the. It was the. We did do a Steelers time capsule, but that was actually the Pirates time capsule. My mind's just already on the next topic. <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers, two and three so far this year. So, guys, I guess, how does it feel for us to be right on how we thought the Steelers were going to go? <laughs> Ah, you still have confidence in them making the playoffs, right, Logan? They would. They should win this week. They're going up against uh, Geno Smith. Dude, Geno, Geno Smith looked good when he came in, though. I don't. Oh, everybody's yeah. throwing. Okay, they should be. They the should bus. be backups. They should be backup quarterbacks. Geno Smith looked. He came in against. Uh, I forget who they played last week after Russell Wilson got hurt, and he looked good. It's a Sunday night football game at home against Geno Smith. The Steelers should win this week. They should win this week. I, I will stick by that. And I, if they lose, then, you know, I'll have egg on my face, but they should win this week. But, yeah, so I think they'll be 3-3 three and three after this week. And then what? Then they got a bye. And then they got Cleveland, who has been inconsistent so far this year. You know, in their two losses, they had great – or their, in, their, in their three – in their wins – they had great defensive play and bad quarterback play. And then in their losses, they had good quarterback play and bad defensive play. So pretty inconsistent. So, And then after that, they got what? They got Detroit and Minnesota. So realistically, they could be six and three. Like those are realistically four games that they should, they should be able to pull out or at least have a serious shot at winning. But, guys, I guess we'll move on. Um, the offensive struggles, I mean, the offense has been just as bad, if not worse, than what it was at the end of last year. So who should get the blame for this? Uh, ben gets the majority of the blame for sure. Uh, but, I, I, I mean, disagree. You're going to put more blame on the offensive line? Yes, 100% more blame on the offensive I don't know, line. man. Like, it, it is – it's a toss-up. They're both terrible. But Ben gets oppor- – like, it's hard to judge when the offensive line gets opportunities. That's just not a thing you can rate with them. Ben has had opportunities, and he, he doesn't execute. They, the whole thing this offseason was about improving the run game. Improving the run game, improving the run game. Now, last week – the offensive line actually played well against Denver and Najee Harris had his first 100-yard rushing play. Before that, though, in three games, Najee Harris was only hit, or only 12 times was Najee Harris not hit behind the line of scrimmage. 
That is horrible. That is embarrassing. That is pathetic. That is all of those words, and many more so. The offensive line is at the core. In my opinion, in my personal opinion, a good football team starts at the line. Yes, you need a franchise quarterback to win a Super Bowl, but a quarterback doesn't become a franchise quarterback without a good offensive line. Look at Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, you know, he had great years. He's a great quarterback, but he retired when he was 30 because he never had an offensive line that could protect him. You know, Ben, if he had an offensive line, he wouldn't be vintage Ben. But there's no reason to expect that, you know, if he had, you know, five seconds to throw the ball, that he that they'd be putting up more points that some of his receivers would be able to get open. Now, I blame the offensive line 100%. I, it's, it's not even them. I blame Colbert because they should have known going into this yeah, year that this yeah. offensive line was going to be this bad. I think that's the best answer is to blame, blame Colbert for the offensive struggles. I mean, I think we all agree in what needs to be done to improve. I mean, they're not going to make major trades for offensive line help. Um, throughout the year, because that's just not the Steelers' MO. But going into next season, I think we can all agree that, you know, the quarter, quarterback position and the offensive line are where it's to start to improve. Yeah, I mean, I, I still don't think that Ben is, is, a, is as good as he used to be, but... Well, no, nobody, I don't think anybody thinks that. I still think anymore, he's past the prime. I still think anymore, he's... Anymore, at least. I, I still think he's pretty much done for as a, as a starting quarterback in the NFL. I'm sorry, but... I, I do agree in the sense that it is an offensive line is a big issue for it doesn't matter who you throw back there. People are going to struggle if they have an offensive line like that. They might not as struggle as much as Ben Roethlisberger does, but they'll still struggle. Look what the look what Patrick Mahomes did in the Super Bowl. You know, this past Super Bowl, he was he, he had a bad game and he's the best quarterback in the NFL, arguably. And Josh Allen might be better this year, but. Arguably, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. And he was bad in the Super Bowl because he had no protection from his offensive line. All right, moving on. Another season just started, though. And I believe they just played, right? They just had a game, too. But the Pittsburgh yeah, they went, to, they went to overtime tonight. We're recording this on Thursday, October 14th. Yeah, so the Pittsburgh Penguins start the year... 1-0-1, they lost in overtime to the Florida Panthers 5-4. Um, they did blow out, though, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the back-to-back -back Stanley Cup champions, yeah. Tampa Bay Lightning, without Malkin and Crosby, um, who were both out after, for whatever reason, they waited till a few weeks before the season for those guys to get surgery. <laughs> still, don't under, still don't understand that decision. But they'll be out with them for a while. Um so, guys, I guess uh, before we talk about, you know, the switch to ESPN, because um, obviously that's the big hockey thing right now is the switch from NBC to ESPN, um, let's talk about the Penguins themselves. Do you, how long do you think this team can compete without Crosby or Maul? I think it's hard to define, like, what you mean by compete because the Penguins have shown their best – runs for Stanley Cups are when they struggle in the regular season, scratch to get in, and then fight their way to a Stanley Cup. So I would much rather see them not be dominant through the regular season. This is kind of the problem with last year, right? Uh, I think that it's a good thing to start off and like have the, the younger guys prove 
as a Penguin fan, I think it's exciting to start a season without Malkin or Crosby playing and be like, is there any kind of future? I know we've talked about this a ton on this podcast of, I don't believe there is a future. I think that the previous general manager but, massacred any chance of this team being but successful. Why, but why should you be worried about the future when they still have Malkin and Crosby? I mean, the end is getting closer, right? Yeah, but I they still think as have a curiosity, but in the NHL have... regular season of any regular season is the least meaningful. So I'd rather them stay competitive. And by that, I mean, like, hang around a playoff spot, fight to get in at the end, and then carry that momentum deeper into the playoffs than they did last year. I wouldn't I wouldn't say I want that. I would probably I would want them to be more successful and be a top team without Crosby and Malkin because you think what when they come back that's a, that's a good point too. Look how they would be. But I do agree though that you haven't seen too much of a sample sp- you have, but you haven't when one is out, the other one's in. And then like last year, Crosby was playing, Malkin was out. Um, even when back in the day when Crosby was injured with concussion issues, Malkin was usually playing as well, but they've had a couple of stretches with about with both of them out and they've had a lot of their stars out, but this is nice to see how can the rest of the team play without the two star, the superstars on this team. And it's more of, I think for this game, it's more of a, a, a view of the future, like you said, Dakota, but not necessarily like a far future. It's more of a, what can this team do in the next year or two if Malkin Crosby struggle to stay healthy? And I think that that's – it's honestly, I think you have more of a look now than if Crosby Malkin were starting and playing in the regular season. I think this is more interesting now than if it was a full healthy team playing eh, kind of hockey. But if it's a, a team that lacks Crosby and Malkin playing decent and pretty good hockey, then it, it'd be uh, hopeful for the future. Yeah, I agree with that. Moving on to switch, obviously, to ESPN. Um, this will say mixed reviews. <laughs> uh, doesn't seem like a lot of people on hockey liked the broadcast itself. Dakota, who used to produce broadcast at RMU, will let you break about that. Um, I, but yeah, go ahead. Before that, I want to talk about just – I think we can all agree that being on ESPN is better for the NHL than being on NBC though. To see a like just regular run of the mill, regular season Penguins goal be tweeted by at ESPN is a big step forward for the league. And like that alone has paid off in this. Um, I, I, we talked a lot about when this deal was made, the pivot to streaming. And I think that, you know, the people that signed up for the bundle of Hulu, Disney plus, and have been like, I don't know what to do with ESPN plus might now start to dabble in hockey especially if they have a team in their city like that grows that product for espn and it helps promote the nhl so i think it was a good move uh we can talk about the product of what it's been so far um one of the the interesting things at the end of last season as the as nbc was really good like pulled out all the stops and put out a really good and uh, nhl playoff production uh, on the nbc sports network and main nbc channel People enjoyed it, but said that they were looking forward to how ESPN and TNT could kind of reinvent the hockey broadcast, that it become stale. They did some little things, but I don't think they really tried all that hard to, to fully reinvent the broadcast. I don't know if you guys disagree. And what they tried overall, people did not like. I mean, I've always felt that, you know, ESPN is still obviously 
what they advertise the worldwide leader in sports. They are. Um, that being said, I haven't exactly liked a lot of their broadcast coverage for major events. Like, I can't remember the last time that I thought Monday Night Football was better than Sunday Night Football. Monday Night Football is is objectively the worst. Like, I think it's worse than Fox, even. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I agree. Um, so, to me, it's, you know, I've obviously watched less NBC hockey than you guys. Um, to me, I don't think we'll ever see broadcast quality. As, I don't think, I think the broadcast will dip and just, and just how they're broadcasting. That being said, I mean, it's good for the NHL. It's, it's really good for the NHL. ESPN seems to be investing a lot in it. You know, they're, they're coming out with hockey shows, with weekly, weekly hockey shows yeah. on ESPN. They were going to have Crosby on the Monday Night Football broadcast. Obviously, the Gruden news is much bigger news for a national audience. So that interview got pushed, you know, but still they're, they're making a point to put yeah, hockey the exposure coverage into I, it. I, I want to push back a second on like the quality of ESPN broadcast. What is bad is when they try to do a feature broadcast like Monday Night Football. Their run of the mill, like yeah. this is our product, yeah. is just as good as CBS. Like college football and ESPN is extremely well produced. College football and ESPN is really college football. It's very well produced. It's probably their, I'd argue it's their best. I think uh, the problem with ESPN there. is when they have these special things that they pour a ton of money into and it doesn't turn out well. I, I mean, maybe the uh, the uh, devil's the advocate Bogemobile. argument against that. It, no, <laughs> I was going to say the, the ESPN2 broadcast that they're doing this year with Peyton Manning. Apparently, the ratings are very good and are actually beating the main Monday Night. Do you guys watch that real which, quick? So the it's, ratings, it's horrible to me. It's not that good. The I watched it. I, I thought it was going to be good, but it's not. I've heard from a lot of people, though, that genuinely enjoy watching it. I cannot understand that. I think it's a, a garbage product that I, I can't believe people are tuning into. But I think it's a good way to make a difference, a different different. type of broadcast. It is not the For, future. With, it is not the future of broadcasting, though. I, I'll, I know it's I mean, maybe it's a hot I genuinely think it, think it, think it is. No. I know, I and that's the thing. No, it, well, so, I don't think it would ever replace a traditional broadcast, but a supplement yeah, they'll continue this. I mean, who the hell is going to be turning I don't on think ESPN2 during a Monday night football game anyway? It's not like that they're already getting views. Here's <laughs> like, what I would like to see. Supplement it when you have two channels, it's smart. I mean, the Monday night football broadcast already sucks. So now you have a different way for people that want to see. If they did the same. They used to do the same thing from for other events where they'll have, um, they'll have different cameras. They'll have breakdowns. They used to, they've done this before. Not with Manning, oh, yeah, not yeah, with the Manning no, they, brothers, yeah. with they've more sports pundits. Yeah, but we're gonna oh. let's go back to hockey though. Let's go, let's go back to the hockey. Well, so, I'll just quick. I'll just say one more thing before we put it back to hockey is yeah. these like uh, special broadcasts. What I would like to see, and Logan, you mentioned it, like they have two channels, so they can do it. People are not buying linear cable TV anymore. ESPN, if you want to be like dominant in streaming, you can. Do, you've been able to do this for years on the MLB TV of like. I'm going to pick the video feed and then I'm going to pick the audio stream separately so I can watch the Pirates broadcast on Root Sports or AT&T, but listen to the radio broadcast. That is what I think the future needs to be with this. Like, I'm going to tune into Monday Night Football and I can pick, do I want to listen to the actual broadcasters? For the people that enjoy the, the guys like Peyton Manning just commentating, choose that. I do not understand this obsession of like making three different products across your channels. Yeah, like, I like, I, I think, I mean, you're not going to, because you're not really not competing. I mean, what would be on ESPN two at that hour anyway? Sports yeah. Center. 
That is I mean, that is a good just, point. You're just getting the more point is though, most people don't have a cable subscription anymore, so they're not even realizing what's on ESPN. I wouldn't say most. I would I would say they're realizing it by all the people that are tweeting about. It. I mean, the Manny broadcasts were trending. So they are really yeah, yeah. So wouldn't it be better? Wouldn't it be better for them to just say this is Monday Night Football, and I'm going to choose on ESPN Plus what version I want to listen to? I don't need to go to ESPN two for this specific product, right? I'm I'm not I'm not sold on hating Manning and Manning yet. I mean, I watched about ten minutes of it, turned it on, and Eli Manning flipped the bird about five minutes into me watching it, and I was like, oh boy, this is I interesting. I've yeah, that was that was fun. A, uh, I've always wanted to see like a pay-per-view barstool type broadcast. I know barstool is sponsoring a bowl game this year, so I'm, I'm kind oh of excited God. to see what Everyone, they do with that. You guys ever want to see like guys like like two like two two dudes, you know, chilling at the bar, swearing, getting mad, just, you know, like making inappropriate jokes during it. You could make it pay-per-view, you know, sell like sell it for like twenty bucks on paper. I'd pay for it once. I'd you watch guys remember? It you guys remember when? Barstool had one episode on ESPN two of a show, and then they ESPN immediately was like, "No, we can't do this again." It was that. It was forget the big about that. Show. It was the the big one that they have. Yeah. Um, anyway, real quick, going back to the hockey though, a uh, couple things. Number one, um, po- uh, have you guys watched the TNT broadcast at all? It was uh, Capitals Rangers. I don't know. If you obviously no, I, did not. I just saw some highlights. No, I I need to intermission was. Liam McHugh, who was the guy from NBC, which I think oh, is a really good host, by yeah. the way, real quick. Wayne Gretzky and Charles Barkley. And it was so good. It was well, <laughs> first off, Charles Barkley is a big hockey fan. I don't know if you know that. I did not uh, know fun that. Fact, he is a wow, very I'm big excited to tune into this. Fan. It was good. It was good. Like it's it's Barkley doesn't know like everything about hockey, which is fine, but he kind of gives he gives his the same Barkley perspective that you watch the NBA on TNT, which yeah. that intermission show, that halftime show is incredible. Um, and then Wayne Gretzky is given the more technical stuff and is obviously the legend Wayne Gretzky. So it's, it's really good. I, I highly recommend it. Um, the drone camera real quick as Logan or Dakota's Logan's cut me off. Drone camera was awful. <laughs> I'm playing the music. I, <laughs> I, had multiple- music. <laughs> I don't know what to say about the drone camera. Like uh, part of the reason I enjoy the, uh, or enjoyed the winter classic. We talked about how they killed that, but you can't use the traditional hockey camera angle for the winter classic because the stadium is so yeah, big. But that's so I, I, I don't know. I'm excited to see them experiment with different camera angles because I think hockey can just like lull you that it is that same camera angle static for 90% the, of the game. But the drone camera with, with like the puck going back and forth, it's just, it's too much. It's, it's too, yeah, it's I too get the fast. motion sickness. And I get, you get not motion sickness, that's straight up, but it's just, I don't it's know. I, I'm not ready to write off the, the, the uh, experiments they're doing with the cameras. I think the graphics ESPN was using were, were god awful. I, some of the worst ESPN, that I have ever seen on a, a professional sports broadcast. I give ESPN credit for experimenting though, because they have a lot of well. just dumb experiments that they've tried. Like they were the ones that highlighted the puck red from like uh from, yeah, from that's, like, that was that's that was the, Fox. That was the Fox tracker. Yeah, Sorry. That's how, no uh, that. The company that created that that's what led to the yellow line in football. They they tracked the puck first. Yeah, and then they, the booger mobile is obviously my favorite thing. <laughs> I can only imagine the people that spent thousands of dollars to sit in front row at a, at, a, at, a, at a Monday night football game for Booger McFarland's fat ass to be right in front. <laughs>
saying, saying nonsense. It wasn't even a good analyst. <laughs> All right, moving on. The music. I love my amazing. hot take is Booker McFarland isn't that bad of a broadcaster. He just needs to not be in the booth. He should be in. He should be in the, the uh, halftime show. But you anyway. said that like Speedy Gonzalez, man. It was like, the only one. It's Dakota. Did he? Did this sound like really quick? I think, like, I think that was. I don't know if it was the yeah. voice. My internet cut out. Yeah. <laughs> you sounded like you were like Speedy Gonzalez. Booker McFarland is not Drop, that there goes bad. His That's my again. hot take. All right. Anyway. Um, if you hear that music in the background, that means it's time for the quiz show. I will be hosting your, you know, all-time champ um, will be hosting. Um, and this quiz show, guys, obviously I didn't tell you the topic, but it's going to lead into our next topic. No. Oh, no. <laughs> football. Totally. Pit football, football trivia. Pit football trivia. We can refuse. Ten questions. You each get five. All right. Um so I want to um, be clear before we start. I know nothing about pit football. I grew up watching pit football. So like I'm not gonna deny I like them, but I just don't watch them as much as I used to anymore. It's it's a again point. every question is gettable. Every question is gettable. Every question is gettable. <laughs> it, whatever you say, buddy. Next no, next I weekend we're gonna do, or next our next broadcast, we're gonna do a trivia on Robert Morse volleyball, just because we're gonna do a, we're gonna pick a different sport that we know the other two don't at every single time. <laughs> Alright. So anyway, who wants to go first? Uh, I'll let Dakota go first. Thanks. All right, Dakota. I'll be back. Oh, Spencer could steal, but he's leaving. All right, Dakota. How many claimed national titles does Pitt football have? When I say I legitimately know nothing, so I'm just going to take a guess. National championships for pit football claimed national championships. Uh, five. Incorrect. Spencer, how many claimed national titles does pit football have? Who? <laughs> you mean who? No, <laughs> two. About pit football. Oh, who? two. What they said. <laughs> I thought he said who too. Yeah, right. <laughs> Incorrect. Pit football has nine national claimed national titles. 1915, Closest without going over. 1918, 1929, 1931, 1934, 1937, and their most recent one, 1976. All right, Spencer. He froze. He froze, ladies and gentlemen. All right, there he goes. He's back. All right, Spencer. Who coached Pitt to their first three national championships? You're telling me the 1918 head coach? Yes, and I have a feeling that when you hear the name, you're going to go, ah, even though he was the 1915 to 1918 head coach. (laughs) Um, okay, I feel like Peterson. I was gonna say his last name is Peterson. I need his I need his name. You can't just say Peterson. You can't My, just Mike, say Coach Peterson. <laughs> I mean you're wrong. You regardless you're wrong. His name is Peterson. No, you you're wrong. I don't even know if they've ever had it. Peterson that won a national title. I can't think of it off the top of my head. All right, Dakota. Can to steal? Can you repeat the question. 
Who coached Pitt to their first three national championships? And like I said before, your only hint is these are all, I, I looked at these and I thought that these are all ones that you guys had a chance at getting. I think you thought wrong. I disagree. Dave wants that. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I, I do not know Pitt football history. Glenn Scooby, Pop Warner. Oh, okay. Pop Warner football. Yes. All right, Dakota. This one's an easier one. Pitt football has nine NFL Hall of Famers. That's tied for the fifth most in history. Which of these four schools does Pitt have more Hall of Famers than? Okay. Notre Dame, Alabama, USC, or Michigan? I know it's more tough. Hall of Famers then. That's One a good question. Schools. That's a good really question. good question. Uh, Alabama? You're correct. Alabama. Alabama has eight Hall of Famers. That would have been my guess. You don't really yeah. hear about like Alabama the play. History, like, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Alabama well, was obviously good. You, talk, you hear about the history, Bear Bryant. Yeah, Bear Bryant. Yeah, yeah. But like, like <laughs> player-wise, Alabama's won more national right. titles. I think they've they've had the most national titles over the remaining FBS teams. This sounds stupid, but they always seemed like more of a well-coached and fundamental team over a superstar Hall of Fame yes. kind of team. Yes. So the top 10 in NFL history are in order. Notre Dame with 13, USC with 13, Michigan with 11, Ohio State with 10, Miami and Pitt are tied for fifth with nine, Alabama and Syracuse are tied with eight, and then Minnesota with seven and Illinois with six. That's the top 10 right there. All right. Dakota leads one nothing. Miraculously, Dakota leads one nothing. <laughs> Spencer, moving to you. Who was the only Heisman in Pitt football history? Oh my God, um, Tony Dorsett. Correct. Do you know the yeah. year? Nineteen eighty. Nineteen seventy six. But I will still give you the points. One one. Dakota. <laughs> You didn't get number one. You're certainly not getting this one. <laughs> <laughs> How many unclaimed national titles does Pitt have? Unclaimed national titles. Yes. How this do you unclaim they, a national title? This means they finished first in a recognized major poll, but the school itself. It's the, it's the UCF loophole. Ah, yes. Um. Do you think it's more or less than claimed? I'll say less and four. Incorrect. I'm gonna say more just just cause. I'm gonna go with 11. That is incorrect. The correct answer was eight. Uh, 1910. 1917. They, you know what? They deserve that 1910 championship. Everybody forgets about that one. 27, 33, 38, and then the most recent 1980 and 1981. All right, Spencer. What year did Pitt start swinging? Or swinging? What year did Pitt start singing "Sweet Caroline"? Wow. Oh God. 
Can I at least get like a hint as to what year Sweet Caroline came out? Yeah, I can tell you that. All right. I don't want to be like, I don't want to give it beforehand. If no, that I can stupid. look it up. I can tell you that. Sweet Caroline came out in 1969, May of 1969. I'm going to go with 1975. Incorrect. I will say this is more recent than thought, and I'll say 1989. Incorrect. So just to put in comparison, the song is obviously known for being sung at Red Sox games regularly. The Red Sox did not start singing it at every game until 2002. Wow. So Pitt was 2008 is when they started singing it at every game. I didn't realize it was that wow. late. Wow. Wow, I should have. Yeah. They actually no, I, did not start. I guess as a kid, I never realized they were losing to, I think it was Bowling Green. They were losing to Bowling Green in week one. So they said, we probably shouldn't start this tradition when we're losing to Bowling Green. They <laughs> so lost they that game. I remember two. that. And that's when they started it. All right. Who's up, Dakota? Yeah. After 1981, how many 10-win seasons does Pitt have? After 1981. This does many? not include 1981. I will specify that. They won 11 games in 1981. After 1981, how many 10-win seasons do they have? I'll say five. That is incorrect. Spencer. Just to spite Logan Carney, I'm going to say zero. That is incorrect. <laughs> they have one. Oh, wow. 2009, wow. they went 10 and three. That's when they were ranked in it's the top been, 10. So it's been That's bad right. for a long That's right. time. Yeah. They lost. To, they lose to Cincinnati that year to lose the Big East that's, championship. That's when I think. they lost to Cincinnity. They, they I remember that. Score. They blew a three-score lead in like the fourth quarter. I remember that. At game. home. At home. That was I like watched Cincinnati's that game. Top five team in the country. Yep. All right, moving on. How many? Oh, who's up? Spencer. Yep. How many conference titles does Pitt have? Um. How Dakota? Are you listening to me real quick? How yeah. does Logan think we can get these? Like he said before, all these questions are. Getting. I don't know. He he these wonders why we don't want to talk about pit football. If like I don't even just, hate pit football. I like pit football. I I enjoy. I want them to win. I just don't. These are know. not hard. Like it's not like I'm asking you like <laughs> who's their all time. Hard. Center. It's a number between one and like seventy, and you have I have zero context as to what it is, other than they haven't won it in like twenty years. I think I will give you a hint. They have they joined the Big East in 1982. Prior to 1982, prior to 1982, they were an independent, so they never played okay. in the conference. Until that helps a little bit. Uh, you just had the you just had the question of how many ten win seasons, too. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with one then. It is incorrect. They didn't win it that year. Remember? <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! How did I just say that? Oh my god! That was the dumbest answer of my life. I, I threw you so off stupid. there, didn't I? I feel so <laughs> stupid. Oh my god! All right, Dakota. Zero. 
That is incorrect. They have two. They won it in 2004, and they won a share of it in 2010, the year after 2009. Fiesta Bowl, 2004. I forgot about that. Yep. Yep. Both in the Big East, obviously. Obviously. They have not won in since joining the ACC, but this year might be different. We'll get more into that later. What was Pitt Stadium's capacity when it closed in 1999? Dakota. I'll go, if you can give it to me within within 2,000. All right, guys, is that fair? Within 2,000 people? Uh, is it a rounded say? number? Like, do you want like 40,000, 42,000, or like, do you want exact? Well, I'll give you a hint. That, well, I'll just say that it's, it's something 500. So Okay, that's fine. Give me, give me within two thousand something five hundred. Pitt Stadium. Uh, I'll say eighteen five. That is incorrect. Uh, thirty three five. It was incorrect. You were both too low. Fifty six thousand five hundred. Now, okay. So My dad's just... gonna kill me if he hears this. I mean, he went to Penn Pitt Stadium like weekly for years you hear constantly the complaints of heinz field and like not being a good fit for uh, for the panthers specifically keep in mind stadium was massive the same was in oakland yeah you gotta remember the kids can go to it easily how many students does pitt have it's around forty thousand students plus it's in downtown oakland like I mean, but they didn't. They didn't regularly sell. They didn't regularly sell out Pitt Stadium. They didn't regularly sell out Pitt Stadium. It was still a little bit too big. But like realistically, a a good stadium for Pitt would be around 40 40 to fifty thousand in that range. I think the argument of Pitt needing a football stadium is the dumbest sports argument that lives on in the city, and we do not need to talk about it on this episode. (laughs) We'll talk about it on a later episode after they win a national title. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Spencer. What college does Pitt football have 55 wins against? Their most against one opponent. Well, it's got to be someone they played consistently. Um, who do they play in the Big East consistently, and who do they play? And keep in mind, they were an independent until 1982. So majority of Pitt football, they've been an independent. I have two answers in my head. I'm pretty sure I know the two answers, and I could probably give you a hint that it's definitely one of those two answers. (laughs) I have West Virginia in my head, and I have Notre Dame in my head as well. But I don't think it's Notre Dame. I'm going West Virginia. It is West Virginia. We're all tied up. Pitt has played West Virginia and Penn State 93 times. That's the most they've ever played a single opponent. They have a losing record barely against Penn State, but they have a big winning record against West Virginia, winning 55 games. Barely. Barely against Penn State. Well, it's, it's like 44 to 47, something like that. So it's it, is pretty, it is pretty barely because they dominate the rivalry, rivalry early. All right, moving on to the list question. Now, this one you guys should get if you've ever, ever been to the stadium because they're all up at the stadium and not well, just around the, not just with banners on the field, but also in Heinz Hall for even Steeler games. 
Good game, Dakota. We'll we'll Science Hall. We'll get another. We'll get this next time. Hall of Fame or all Hall of Honor, whatever the hell they call that. Anyway, the list is. Oh, what am I doing? I almost just messed this up. Name the players in the Pit Hall of Honor. Close. I know exactly what it is. Not name the players in Pit Hall of Honor. Names whose number is retired by pit football. Okay, so that one too. I don't need the. I have their numbers and the years they play, but I obviously, excuse me, I obviously don't need that. Dakota, you went first. Dakota, can you take the thinking music, turn it down just a little bit, please? I'm first. Um... You should get one. There's the one you really should Mike get. Mike Ditka. Mike Ditka is correct. Okay. Mike Ditka, oh, not... number 89, played from 1958 to 1960. Spencer. Marino, 13. Marino, 13 is correct, 1979 to 1982. Dakota. Famous pit football player. Um, um, uh, Dorset. Tony Dorset. Is he 27? He's 33, 1973 33. to 1976. I don't know what number. How many are there total? There's nine. You guys got three of them. There's one more pretty obvious one. I really want to say Larry Fitzgerald. I'm going to go with Larry Fitzgerald. I'm going to go with Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald is correct. He had his number retired within 10 years ago. I think it was like five years ago. Um, number one, played football 2001 to yeah, 2003. Yeah, I remember. Number Finished one. second in the Heisman voting in 2003 by two votes. And the two people yeah. who didn't vote for him were both Pittsburgh sports writers. <laughs> <laughs> True Pittsburgh sports writer fashion. <laughs> How many more are there? Four. Or five. Five. There are five. My goodness. Bum, bum. Bum, bum. I think I am uh, pretty satisfied that I was able to get two. I think I know one. One more at least. I think there's two that you should know left on the list. But you got the obvious. One of you just needs to get one, really. Yeah, I, I'll pass and see if Spencer can get this. You're not gonna take a guess. You're not gonna take a guess. I don't even have a name that I feel reasonably confident played for Pitt that I could guess. Oh, what about uh? There's no. Never mind. I'm not saying it. Guess it. I'm not saying it out loud. Guess it. You can say Tyler Palco. Don't worry. No, no. Joe Flacco. That's a good one. Guess it, at least. Just guess it anyway. Who cares? Guess Pat it. Bostic. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. <laughs> All right, there's a strike for Dakota Spencer. Uh, is Bill Freilich one of them? 
Bill Freilich, yes, number 79. Wow. I remember him, yeah. Spencer takes the lead by one. Cody thrown in the white towel. Uh, unless it's Tyler Palco, I don't think I'm going to match this number. It is not Tyler Palco. So, can you give me, wait, is he, are you, are you officially, is it over? Yeah, it's officially over. You won. Congratulations. All right, give me a couple, give me a couple <laughs> of years and like numbers. See if I can get them. See if I can get them. Number ninety-nine. Played wow. nineteen seventy-seven to nineteen eighty. This is the other obvious one. Pretty sure they're all NFL Hall of Famers. Well, except for Fitz, obviously, but he will be. I'm drawing a blank on this one. Hugh Green. Oh yeah. Number 73, Mark May, offensive line. Mark May, ESPN broadcaster. I should have known that one. Number 65, linebacker Joe Schmidt from 1950 to 1952. Nope. And the last one, a running back Marshall Goldberg, number 42, played from 1936 to 1940. Yeah, I would have never gotten those. And that is it. So congratulations, Spencer. Take your minute, take your minute of fame while I switch to the next music. <laughs> I mean, I guess I have watched pit football more than Dakota, uh, clearly. But like, even then, these were not easy questions. My Come only. Away. This is my only. Uh, I didn't say they were easy. Memory. I said they were. I said they were gettable. I didn't say gettable they were easy. is generous, but that's okay. Um, my pit football memory is that bowl game that was like twelve six three six two or something. What was that? Oh, the score? Is it three nothing? No. Yeah, the Sun Bowl. Three nothing against Three Oklahoma nothing. State. Yeah. I remember that game. It was on New Year's oh. Eve. I was bowling, and Marquise Pouncey was in the lane next to me. What a, what a yeah. fact! <laughs> what a fact! Oregon. It was Oregon State. Yeah. Oh, Oregon State. Sorry, not Oklahoma State. All right. The pit football music means it's time to talk pit football. Uh, we are. This is a really long podcast. Make this quick as we wrap this show up. Um, but Pitt Football projected to win the Coastal Division. Not only are they projected to win the Coastal Division, they are actually favored to win every single game from here on out. That includes against Miami, North Carolina, and Clemson, all who started the year ranked, and Virginia Tech, who has also had some good wins this year and was ranked at one point. So, guys, do you think that Pitt, do they – are they your ACC favorites? Oh, God, I keep messing with this music. Ah, right, we're just going to leave it off. Are they your ACC favorites? <laughs> uh, are they ACC favorites? I think I'll be prepared to say that pending the result this Saturday. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think this Saturday is probably their toughest game. Left. This is a very tough game. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say very tough, but this is the game to decide the coastal, this is arguably. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, Do you think is, is if are we finally breaking like the third law of physics that Pitt will pit? See, it's gonna pit. I'm sorry. They're gonna pit. And it'll happen this Saturday, right? If it's no, gonna it's not gonna be this Saturday. They're gonna it lose to like Saturday. North Carolina. It would be two. It would be. It would be like Miami, and then it would be like. Um, I don't know who's another team. That to be play. fair, they've North already Carolina. pitted before, losing to Western Michigan. That's what's so crazy about this season, and I talked about this with Logan. Like, 
the the over the top reaction after that game like members of the media flat out just on their twitter being like this program should not exist and now here we are and they're a favorite to win the acc it's it's insane like what it's a testament to how bad the acc is this year and uh, how good, and how good the offense is for Pitt because even in that western right, because you don't want to take it all away well. like Pitt has been playing well it's not just that the conference is bad and yeah well their offense has been playing well i'm not going to i'm not going to say that about their defense defense is one good game against you know an fcs opponent in new hampshire so it, it just uh, it, it's so crazy because it doesn't seem real to see them so high in the rankings or be ranked at all frankly like the, well, they're not the ranked. success they've had recently well, they're not. Yeah. They're not the, ranked, the, yeah. the college football uh, playoff rankings, right, or whatever they're called. They, so they were projections. Um, they were the tenth, the tenth highest. Uh, they had the tenth best chances of making the college football playoff. Excuse me, going into last week. I haven't checked it this week, but I know one of those teams above them was Texas, and Texas obviously lost to Oklahoma in what was an incredible game. Um, so my only suggestion, my only thought process is that they've moved up, you know, they probably didn't pass Penn state, even though past Penn state loss, because that loss to Iowa really isn't that bad of a loss. And we'll talk about it for a little bit later, but yeah, I mean, I think realistic, I mean, the offense is one of the best in the country. I don't think I, like, I honestly think this offense is one of the best in the country. It's just, to me, can the defense, you know, stop any good offense because you know when they get into you know obviously Clemson hasn't been yeah Georgia Tech is not a good offense no I mean Clemson hasn't been Clemson obviously this year you know North Carolina you know they still have a great quarterback but they haven't been what people expect them to be same thing with Miami but they still have much better offenses than anybody they've played so far you know, so, so what's so what's it going to be like when they play those guys? And then when they get into the ACC championship and they face NC State or um, Wake Forest, who have also looked to have – I mean, Wake Forest just lost, but they've also had pretty decent offenses so far this year. That, that's what worries me. Um, but, I mean, the offense seems to be fluently, and that leads us to the guy that has led the offense, who is making a serious – is, is making a serious case for himself, or how serious is it as a Heisman candidate? Well, we talked about Larry Fitzgerald being the last serious Heisman candidate when he finished second in 2003. Is Kenny Pickett, in your opinion, how serious in this case we're going to judge top five? When we finish top five in the voting for the Heisman? I think it's, it's definitely doable. Yes. In the top five, yeah. I don't think it's going to happen though. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be top five. And, but I guess, I guess I still think this is going to be not, there's two, there's players out there. I think that are going to have the higher, uh, I wouldn't say value. Cause I think Kenny Pickett is the most valuable player on Pitt, obviously, and arguably the ACC, but I think that the players uh, in the SEC and the big 10 are going to shine, shine brighter and have the more popular vote. I don't want to call it a popular vote, but have the more publicity. Outside of what? I mean, Bryce Young, maybe. But, you know, you look at the guys that were favorites for the Heisman going into the year. Sam Howell from North Carolina has been inconsistent. Yeah. 
Um, Spencer Rattler isn't going to start this week for Oklahoma. You know, he lost his starting job. So really, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a weird year. There isn't, if there was a year for, cause you know, Pitt's weird. So if there was a year for a Pitt player to win the Heisman, it would be a weird, weird season. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, when you talk about value, I don't think there's any singular guy in college football right now where if you take him away from his team, the team would stink. I'm going to give one. I think if you take, I'm gonna I give think one. You take Pickett away from, the, from Pitt, I think Pitt would be awful. I'm going to give one. Desmond Ritter for Cincinnati. That's going to be the one. Ritter is, Desmond Ritter is, 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 is – I forgot about him. Yes, that's certainly that's, – That's going to be the one that if, if you took him away compared to Kenny Pickett would also – and uh, Pickett's sitting, I think, eighth right now in the, when it comes to the odds after seven weeks of college football or whatever. Uh, he's sitting behind Bryce Young, Matt Coral, uh, C.J. Stroud, Kenneth Walker III, running back for Michigan State, who's really good. Michigan State's having a really good year. Uh, Byan Robinson for Texas, Ritter, Trayvon Henderson for Ohio State, and then it's Kenny Pickett. I think it depends if Pitt wins the ACC. If Pitt wins the ACC, he should finish top five because he yeah. is that whole team. He, he's literally that whole team because the defense is shit and the offense runs if he, through it. If he How come Brian Reynolds can't be an award winner because the Pirates suck, but Kenny Pickett's Heisman chances are dependent I on said, I literally just said if Pitt wins the ACC. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't help your case, Dakota. I, mean, I just if, said if Pitt wins the ACC, Kenny Pickett should be a top five Heisman. Yeah, he would have to be. Right, it would have to be a good right. team. You're, you're consistent. Consistent. If they win the ACC, if they win the ACC, they'll probably finish the year top twenty, maybe even top ten. You know, whether or not they deserve that, it's a different thing. But reality the ACC is, they probably is kind of vote. rough this year, though. Let's let's it be is. real. No, it is. It is. Let's, but let's it's be still real. a power five. They would be guaranteed a spot in a New Year's Six Bowl. Um. And, you know, Pitt playing in that, getting a conference championship after Clemson dominated it for a decade, <laughs> essentially. It, I, think, I think if Pitt were to win the – I think that's what, that's what he needs is Pitt to win the ACC. It's for him to stay healthy and for Pitt to win the ACC. And then I think it would pretty much – because if Pitt's going to win the ACC, it's because their offense is putting up 40 points a game. So if that was the case – then I think he has to finish in the top five. Um, if they don't win the ACC, then I'd maybe top 10, but top 10 isn't really a serious contender. You know, Aaron Donald finished top 10 one year. You know, it's not really, but nobody talks about him like he was an actual Heisman con- contender. All right. Agreed. Moving on as we wrap up this show. I thought it would be, I thought it'd be a little, little fun to play this because to play this during our, our Penn State and West Virginia minute, uh, just because there's not many Pitt fans that actually like it. They played it at Penn State games, and well, West Virginia's just grouped in this. But anyway, real quick, Penn State still top ten um, despite the loss to Iowa. However, they will. Sean Clifford got hurt in that game. They do have a bye week this week. But I guess my question to you guys is, how far can this team realistically go without Sean Clifford? Uh, it's, it's weird because for me personally, when I was watching Penn State, I watched the Auburn game like through its entirety. 
and it just seemed like Penn State didn't win that game. Auburn lost that game. And it, it was kind of getting to that point where it was like, when does Penn State, the team who plays Penn State, beat Penn State compared to Penn State beating the other team? And it finally happened with Iowa. Uh, Iowa came back. They were down against Penn State. And not having Clifford is going to hurt, but I still actually think that this is a decent Penn State team. I think this is a very good Penn State team, but I think that they have things that they need to work on if they want to be a, a contender in the Big Ten when it comes to against Michigan State. Um, if you if they're looking at the Big Ten championship, and then also if you're trying to get into a bowl game or the the Power Five, uh, they are not. They are not beating. Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, and Iowa again without Clifford. They're just not. I still think they're a good team because they have a very good defensive defensive uh, defensive unit. They do. They line. have a very good defense, though. I will say that. But they there's just without their quarterback, without their veteran quarterback, they're not going to win the Big Ten. They're not. I mean, they can still have a good season, get a decent bowl game, but they're not going to beat Michigan. They're not going to beat Michigan State. They, they're at Michigan. They're at Ohio State. They're not going to beat Ohio. State. And then if they somehow manage to do all that, they would face Iowa again in the championship. So it's just too tough of a schedule for, you know, all 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 five of those teams would probably win the ACC. It's just too tough of a schedule for a team without their starting quarterback. All right, moving on, Dakota. I'll see this one. I know you just watch a lot of West Virginia football. So, West Virginia football, third year under Neil Brown, inconsistency. Lost to Oklahoma by three, got blown out by Baylor. Is it time, after three years, to fire and move on from Neil Brown? Cody, you got this? I I don't know. It's like... West Virginia, earlier on in our uh, in the 2000s, had success, obviously, to a point, at least being competitive. But, like, I don't know. I, I There could be a larger discussion about uh, uh, pit football – or not pit football, but college football and what measure of success means and the fact that college football coaches continue to make more and more money. I don't know. Is it worth it? Uh, real quick i'm just glad there's this music is back thank you real, real real quick for the for west virginia i didn't think they looked that bad they're zero and three in their conference but they fought well against oklahoma they fought well against texas tech but then they just got crushed by baylor it's a very confusing team but it's not really going anywhere this year if we continue to give the pirates a pass and like oh it takes time to develop a team then in college football where you turn over the entire roster every four years i think you need more than three years to to build a program i think three years is where you should start seeing improvement and if you're still getting blown out by the big 12 teams i'm not seeing improvement you should start i'm not saying that they should be Uh, he's he's not on the hot seat though i i wouldn't put him on the hot seat this year but i would next year I'd say I would say I'd put him on next year. If they struggle next year to start, especially, he's gone. I would. I agree with you guys. I don't like switching out coaches quickly. I mean, that's something that that Pitt struggled with, especially at the early part of the decade. You know, where they couldn't have a guy last more than a year. But after three years, you should start. You should start seeing a noticeable improvement from your program. Even if they're not winning yet, they should still be competing. 
And, you know, outside of that Oklahoma game, they haven't been competing in the conference this year. Like, they lost to Texas Tech and they got blown out by Baylor. Anyway, now on to the end of our show, Romeo Rafa. Spencer, I don't know if you were on the, the show when we did this, when the Dakota Knights still did this, but... A little bit, yeah. Yeah. A, the song, A Shokin Farewell, Ken Burns' Civil War. So, the Civil War, so this is the colonial wrap-up, defended by Ken, Zer, Ken Burns. RMU football this past weekend got their first Big South victory, 31-24 to versus Charleston Southern. Now, guys, uh, real quick, I'll ask you about some of these RMU sports that I feel like you would know about. Um, Logan, we can't about. hear you. <laughs> well, It's waited way too long to tell me. <laughs> we, we figured we'd let you have your moment with the song. Anyway. It's still just still as loud. too loud, dude. Did you need to put the volume loud. down or something? It's This is like an inch from like the thing. I'm trying to get it perfect. <laughs> Let me see if I can get it. Come on. Oh, no. It's too loud. I don't know how I'm going to do this for now. Is that good? Here goes Logan with his technology. Is that, is that, is that good, guys? No. no. Just leave All it right. off. Leave it off. No show can farewell then. That's a, a farewell. We, we can to throw a it in. and during a Farewell to a show. Nope, nope. It's it's out. It's ruined. <laughs> farewell to a show can farewell. Cut the whole like, segment. <laughs> our colonial wrap-up. RMU football got their first Big South victory in school history this past weekend. 31-24, Charleston Southern. Guys, do you like what you're seeing um, from Bernard Clark in his, what is it, I think four years or three years here? I mean, we talked about, you know, noticeable improvement from a new head coach. I mean, I, I, a slab of wood is better than John Banasak. Let's be real. <laughs> Genuinely, it, I mean, I know a disrespect to John Banasak, but good Lord, I don't know how he was the coach for that long, but. Yeah, it's I, I like where they're going. Um, they struggled against Howard, which isn't a very good Howard team this year, and, and kind of put me off, and they got smacked by NCAT. But they played well against a team that they lost to in the, in the spring, uh, Charleston Southern, and they, they were resilient. Charleston Southern kept coming back, kept fighting back, but they were able to hold them off, and they were able to win it at the end. So I like what I'm seeing from Bernard Clark. I'm not sold that it's – the successful it's going to be a program that will run the big south or anything like that because the big south is a lot tougher than we give it credit for i think especially with the perennial powerhouses campbell is always a big team in there gardner webb stuff like that so we'll see but it's a good start rmu cross country will participate in the canisius classic this saturday at noon Assume you guys don't watch them, so we'll move on. You know, there's a lot of bandwidth in my mind from you <laughs> cross country. Hey man, <laughs> I knew a lot of cross country player uh, runners, and they're, they're nice people. You know, this is the first <laughs> year. Of well. the, this is the first year of the men's cross country team, right? Yes. Been, yeah, this is the first year of the men's men's cross track country. and field. I don't know if they have cross country. Actually, don't quote us on that. No, there is. There's okay. men's cross country. It's always it's usually the same team. Yeah, it is. I just didn't know. I don't want to, you know. Men's golf came in seventh out of 15th at the Bucknell Invitational. They were off this weekend. Men's soccer, three and four in the conference with three conference games left before playoffs. Now, guys, the conf- obviously men three and four is not great, is not great, but Horizon League first 
or I guess second year in the Horizon League, a much tougher conference than the NEC. Do you think the soccer program can actually get going at some point in the near future? Dakota, you want to take this or you want me to? Uh, I, I think I, you definitely have more to say than me. I think yeah. that overall it's still a better move, right, to, to challenge the program to move forward into a new conference. Yes, it's going to be tougher than the NEC, but you want to push the program forward and, and compete against these teams that it just like we were talking with uh, WVU and the new coach or Army football and the new coach. It's the same thing with moving to a new, a new conference or a new, uh, yeah, a new conference that it takes time, right? You got to adjust. It's not an overnight change. And it's taken time with the women's soccer team who's 05 and 2 in the conference. Um, and volleyball. Some things never change. <laughs> Some things and, never change. As I also don't even get to say my opinion on the men's soccer team. Well, I, I'm trying to. We usually we move through the colonial. True, but real like quick, I just want to jump in. on it. All right, I just want to jump in because I've been calling their games. Um, I actually like what Jason O'Keefe is doing with this team compared to the past couple of years, especially last week. They held a Cleveland State team that scores three goals a game consistently. It was a number one team. They held them scoreless for 105 minutes. Um, this team actually has really gelled in the past two weeks compared to any RMU men's soccer team I've ever watched in the six years I've been doing them. So I actually like what they're doing moving forward. All right. And last volleyball swept today at Milwaukee. They're now sit two and five in the conference. Spencer, are you worried about that program at all? I'm not worried about the program. They have a young setter, uh, Ashley Wallen, who's a freshman, um, the, the Horizon League is figuring out Emma Granger, which is unfortunate for Emma Granger. That team is unfortunately just – it's not looking good for this year, but who knows in the future, who knows who they bring in and who knows what the Horizon League entails. But still have some time to get themselves in the top six. They just need the win soon. And that is – What an episode. What an episode. What was that, like two, two – is that another two-hour one? Definitely a two-hour one. Without a survivor poll, a two-hour episode. Dakota, who's your pick to win Survivor this year? We're not doing a survivor poll. Logan, I'd love to answer your question, but I don't know what it is because your music is so loud. (laughs) (laughs) No, I heard you. Pick to win Survivor this year. I uh, I don't know, man. The the tribes this year are voting off all the good people early or people who I thought had a chance of winning. I'm not sure. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a great episode of Pittsburgh Made. Thomas, we're still working with the music thing, so we will figure this out and we will get back on track. But until then, we'll see you.